0: People who question the results of our presidential elections are insurrectionist terrorists and they pose an existential threat to our democracy. They need to be censored, ostracized, and possibly, well, actually probably thrown in prison unless, and this is a very important exception here, unless they are Democrats who have been denying and questioning the results of our elections for decades And they continue to do so. And even today, some very prominent Democrats can't admit that they lost the presidential election in 2000.
1: Going back to 2000, uh, 2000, do you think Republicans stole that election?
0: In 2000? Uh I wish the United States Supreme Court had let them finish counting the votes. Someone arrest that man. So that former governor of Virginia and current candidate for governor of Virginia, Terry McAuliffe, he is threatening our democracy. And he is not the only one. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday from the Shuckmeister, who says between the degradation of Columbus Day and the casting of Chris Pratt as Mario in the Mario movie... Anti-Italian discrimination is running rampant. I couldn't possibly agree more. I even saw somewhere, I don't know if this was real or not, but I think it was a real statement that when Chris Pratt was asked if he was going to speak in a Mario Italian accent, he said, no, he was going to speak normal. Speak normal? How dare you, sir? (laughs) This is anti-Italian discrimination. When you want to protect yourself, your culture, more importantly, though, your identity and your data, I would recommend you check out LifeLock. You know about hardware. You know what hardware is, right? And you know about software. You know what software is. You've heard about these things for a long time. Do you know about bloatware? You probably haven't heard. I had not heard of this until LifeLock told me about it. Bloatware is software that is preloaded on a new device that you never asked for and could be potentially harmful and slow your device down or even put your personal information at risk. If you find bloatware on your device, be sure to uninstall it. It's very important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can keep what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. I know what you're thinking. No one's coming after my data, Michael. No one's coming after my stuff. It's only just famous people and powerful. It's not true. They're coming after your stuff right now. Protect it. Join now. Save up to 25% off your first year by going to LifeLock.com slash Knowles, That's LifeLock.com slash Knowles, for 25% off. The people who in any way raise any doubts about the integrity of our elections Even when the Democrats get rid of all the election integrity measures, the people who do that are insurrectionists. You got to remember that because that's the line that the media and the ruling class is going to drill into your heads uh, through big tech, through the media, through the politicians. They're insurrectionist terror. They're no different than Al-Qaeda. They just happen to be wearing suits, according to Adam Schiff. In the days after when the, the, the Trump for a lot of us became even greater, I was most angry at these insurrectionists in suits and ties, uh, these colleagues of mine who knew it was a lie, because a lot of the people attacking that Capitol believe the lie. But the people I work with, George, and I get asked about this all the time, do the Republican members really believe what they're saying? Um, They know uh, it's a lie. They know the election wasn't rigged, it wasn't stolen, but they just don't have the guts to speak the truth. And to me, that's unforgivable. They know it's a lie. They know. There's Adam Schiff, very reasonable Adam Schiff, one of the leading voices on the, well, on the impeachment against Donald Trump, but also on the real insurrection because he was a conduit for the deep state that was trying to subvert Trump the entire time. (laughs) The the real insurrectionists uh, are a little hard to identify, aren't they? It seems like there's a little projection going on. But this is a, he makes a specific claim here that I want to address because it's extremely annoying to me, which is that, look, all the Republicans know this election was absolutely above board. It was totally the most uh, obviously clear, defendable uh, presidential election in history. Uh, the, the result was never more obvious. And if you question that, you're, you're just uh, a liar. You're dishonest. You're deceiving people. There's no evidence whatsoever that the Democrats rigged the election. There is no question that the Democrats rigged the election. Okay, I'll get to whether or not they stole the election in a, in a minute but it is absolutely incontrovertible that the democrats rigged the election because they changed all the rules right before the election and in some cases the way they changed the rules to give themselves an advantage was not only illegal but unconstitutional notably the way that the election was conducted in Pennsylvania with the use of widespread mail in ballots which violates the state's constitution but a lot of other election integrity measures that went by the wayside show very clearly that the election was rigged. It was now being conducted in such a way with far more days to vote, with the use of widespread mail-in ballots when Democrats are far better at voter harvesting than Republicans are. It was so clear that it was rigged. Now, did that steal the election? I mean, this is impossible to prove because you can't go back in time, but had the election been conducted Uh, in the normal way, would Trump have won? I I don't know. Nobody knows that. So I guess you can't say one way or the other that it was stolen, but it absolutely was rigged. And to point that out does not make you a terrorist or, or anything like that. It makes you a reasonable person. And by the way, Democrats still haven't conceded the 2016 election. And by the way, as Terry McAuliffe shows, they still haven't conceded the 2000 election. So spare me, The pearl clutching and the crocodile tears about our democracy. Give me a break. Hillary Clinton, the last Democratic presidential candidate to lose or at least not not, not to make it to the White House. She won't admit that she lost. She will will continue to go on morning shows and say that though it was the Russians, it was the Macedonians, it was this, it was that. Any way to avoid admitting that she lost the election fair and square. And she says, by the way, she's not going to stay out of politics because of course our democracy is at stake.
1: Any interest at all in getting back into the game of politics?
0: I will never be out of the game of politics. I'm not going to be running for anything, but I really feel, Amy, and I know uh, George was interviewing Adam Schiff mm-hmm. before, I really feel like our democracy is at stake. And there's many reasons for that. Some of them we saw on uh, the screen with the insurrection, some of them because of the revelations about Facebook that creates a world of disinformation instead of you know, one that uh, we can agree on what the facts are. I really am worried about what's happening at home and around the world. So I'm never going to get out of, uh, you know, being uh, involved, worried and hopefully trying to help in some way. The thing to remember when the left refers to democracy, they are always talking about liberalism. And those are related concepts, but they're different. Democracy is just when the people rule liberalism is this specific ideology that comes out of the Enlightenment and has taken a particular course over the centuries. Sometimes the people can vote against liberalism. And when that happens, like notably when they voted for Donald Trump, when that happens, then the left calls that a threat to our democracy. But it's not, it's manifestly not a threat to our democracy. It is, however, a threat to liberalism. And even more specifically, it's a threat to their oligarchy, The liberal ruling class is increasingly ruling as an oligarchy. And so you'll notice when Hillary Clinton says Facebook is a threat to our democracy, she's not saying it's a threat to our democracy because a handful of people control the flow of speech around a republic. That's the actual threat. She says it's a threat to our democracy because they allow conservatives to spread their own views, which she calls disinformation. So she says the threat to our democracy is the fact that more people get to speak. What she would prefer is for the oligarchy to clamp down even more more. It's a threat to our democracy when Trump questions the election. It's a defense of our democracy when she questions the election. That's what's going on here. And the GOP needs to stop playing into it. I don't want to hear another peep about January 6th, the worst coup to our democracy. so there have been many attacks on the Capitol in our nation's history. Bombs have gone off and not even that many decades ago. There have been attacks on lawmakers. Not only was the January 6th, whatever it was, not the greatest attack on our nation's Capitol since 1812. It, it wasn't even the greatest attack on our democracy of that year. Right. The BLM riots were a far greater, deadlier, more dangerous attack on our democracy. They attacked a federal courthouse, they attacked police stations, they killed dozens of people. They attacked private businesses, they they attacked private residences. That was a far greater attack on our democracy, and the squishes play along. So Trump just sent out a very important message a couple of days ago to the family of Ashley Babbitt. Don't forget the only person who was killed in the political violence of. January 6th, was a Trump supporter. Initially, we were told by the lying media that a cop was killed by an insurrectionist with a fire extinguisher. It was a complete lie, completely made up. The only person who was killed in the political violence was Ashley Babbitt, one of the Trump supporters, unarmed, who was shot presumably by a Capitol police officer. She was an Air Force veteran. She served her country. Did she really pose this grave threat to anyone in that building or to our democracy? It seems a little dubious. There aren't really any investigations, no serious public investigations that have gone into it. And Trump sent a message to her family on Ashley Babbitt's birthday.
1: Today would have been her birthday. Happy birthday, Ashley, happy birthday. We're looking at you and you're looking down on your family and on us. My heart and the hearts of millions of Americans across the country are with everyone everyone who knew and loved her. I especially want to express my great sympathy to Ashley's loving husband, Aaron, and her wonderful mother, Mickey. I spoke to both of them. These are great people. Together, we grieve her terrible loss. There was no reason Ashley should have lost her life that day. We must all demand justice for Ashley and her family. So on this solemn occasion, as we celebrate her life, we renew our call for a fair and nonpartisan investigation
0: into the death of Ashley Babbitt. Just asking for an investigation, George Floyd, a career criminal who robbed a pregnant woman at gunpoint, who was killed resisting arrest over a long period of time while being arrested, committing a crime, he is killed Months and months long investigations, nationwide, worldwide riots, and the cop who did it goes to prison, convicted of murder. Ashley Babbitt, a an Air Force veteran who lived a good, upstanding life, is killed, potentially committing a crime, potentially not committing a crime in this this riot at the Capitol. But was, was she armed? Was she actually posing a threat? She gets killed by a cop, and everyone celebrates. Does that seem fair? Does that seem right to you? That seems a little disordered. Not so much as one major investigation. And what Trump is calling for is, hey, let's let's put the focus on here. Let's see what's going on here instead of always being on the defensive and always buying into the left-wing narrative. You know, when you want to not only save your country, but when you want to save a little bit of money at the gas tank, I would strongly recommend you check out Get Upside. Gas prices are insanely high right now. I don't need to tell you that. I'm sure you've noticed it. Well, I'm thrilled to introduce to you an incredible app That everyone who buys gas needs to know about, GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code Knowles and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Do not pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Download the app for free and use promo code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. There's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app. And use promo code KNOWLES, K N W L E S, to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code KNOWLES. The squishes are in many ways worse than the libs. (laughs) You know, the the squishy conservatives who always run away from the conservative arguments and they, they like to suck up to the left wing establishment and they say, I'm a conservative, but I'm not that kind of conservative. No, don't. I'm not like Trump. I'm not like Sarah Palin. I'm not like Ted Cruz. I'm not like this. I'm not like that. They are, we're a little harsh on them on this show, but I think justly so. They are often worse than the libs. Okay, I'll I'll give you an example. New York Times. Here we go. Guest essay from Miles Taylor. He was that, uh, he was a whistleblower in the Trump White House. He was some underling in the Trump White House who, who spent all of his time trying to undermine the duly elected president because this jerk felt that he was m- much more important and had much more authority than the man who was elected by the American people. Miles Taylor and Christine Todd Whitman, who was a very, very liberal uh, Republican governor of New Jersey in the 90s. It was a very long time ago and she hasn't really mattered very much since. Headline, We Are Republicans there's only one way to save our party from the pro-Trump extremists. The, the way this was, was headlined on the, on the internet was, we are Republicans and we're Republicans for electing Democrats in 2022. We've, this is very important. We've got to do it. The only way to save the party is to elect Democrats. Okay. How many times are they going to run this column? They run this column every election cycle, and they find a couple of squishes, and they say, look, we're Republicans, okay, but, <laughs> whoa, what's happened with Trump is unacceptable. And uh, before that, what's happened with the Tea Party is unacceptable. And before that, what's happened with the Gingrich Revolution, it's unacceptable. And before that, what's happened, we're Republicans, but this Ronald Reagan character is unacceptable. And before that, we're Republicans, but this Barry Goldwater, it's the same freaking story every cycle. And gullible fools believe it. They buy into it. They say, oh gosh, oh, you're right. This, this is really scary. Those Tea Party people want to cut taxes and spending? That's a threat to our democracy. No, we this uh, this Ronald Reagan guy, he wants to win the Cold War? Oh no, that's a threat. We can't. <laughs> we can't. Oh no. And they, every time they call all these people Nazis, they did it to Goldwater, they did it to Reagan, they did it to Buckley, they did it to... Everyone is part of that uh, conservative movement. They did it to Trump. They're going to they're do it to the next guy, too. They're doing it to DeSantis right now. So they keep saying, you know, th- this, this one is a bit too far. It, it's really frustrating because the role of these people is to prop up the dominant liberal establishment. Okay, This is why I say the squishes are worse than the libs. When I look at a lib, I know what I'm dealing with. The lib can be honest. The lib could come to his opinions honestly and might have a a vision for the country that is not my vision for the country and I want to stop it. But at least we know what we're talking about. With the squishes, there's such duplicity. There is such dishonesty. And when they're not dishonest and duplicitous, they're, they're just cowardly. They just don't, they don't either, they genuinely believe that the only thing that matters is cutting taxes a little bit, which means they're just greedy Democrats. Or they just don't have the courage. They don't have the spinal fortitude or maybe some other anatomical fortitude to stand up to the dominant liberal regime. All they want are plaudits from their opponents. And it's so pathetic and it's so counterproductive. And I just wish that they would become Democrats. I mean, they are Democrats. They're effectively Democrats. But but they, they're not even honest about it. I mean, there are people, the never Trump movement still exists. And they're still, they're campaigning right now to elect Democrats in the midterms. Trump's not on the ballot. Trump is no longer the president, but they still, they say, oh, the, but the Trump, it was so bad. We need to keep electing Democrats. Trump's going to be dead 50 years. They're going to say, we got to keep just to make sure that there's no more Trump. We got to keep electing Democrats. We're Republicans for Democrats, whatever that means. You've got to stand up. One guy who's not a squish. There are a handful of guys in this party who are not squishes. But one guy who's definitely not a squish, Ron DeSantis. You remember Ron DeSantis voted to ban mask mandates at at the school level in Florida. And I thought this was great. And the squishes wailed and screamed. And they said, this is a a violation of liberty that, that now mean old Ron DeSantis is using his political power to stop school boards from using their political power to muzzle up students. And so that's a liberty. True true liberty suggests that we need to just muzzle ourselves forever. And you think, okay, something's going wrong with your definition of liberty, folks. But DeSantis is going further. He's not just issuing this rule that the schools can't mandate the masks. He's taking action because some schools are violating his order. We talked about this yesterday with the Texas pro-life law. It's not enough just to pass a law and say, okay, we're good. We got the, the laws on the books, now we're good. Because what the Libs are going to try to do is not enforce the law. They're going to try to undermine it at the executive level or at the judicial level, where they're going to try to come in and, and use a judge to upend it, or they just won't enforce it in the first place. So Ron DeSantis is now defunding school districts that are violating his mask mandate ban. The Florida Board of Education has voted to sanction eight school districts, uh, the, the penalty here will be defunding these schools in an amount equal to one twelfth of all school board members' salaries in addition to withholding any equal amount to federal grant funds awarded to those districts by the Biden administration. Good stuff. Enforce it. Give it teeth. I'm sick and tired. of Pointless hearings and pointless speeches and pointless orders and pointless laws that don't actually have teeth. Enforce it defund these people wield your political power make sure it sticks it's the only thing that will matter in politics if you if you issue a bunch of orders or make a bunch of laws but you don't enforce them then you're just a think tank <laughs> and and a dis, at least a, you know a, a think tank exists to to do that and then they hand over their ideas to politicians and the politicians are supposed to enforce it if the politicians are not enforcing it then they are completely abandoning their duty. Okay. Ron-, Ron DeSantis obviously wants to be president. He's campaigning. He's setting the stage to campaign for president and he's doing a very good job of it. Speaking of people who want to be president though, we should turn to the other party, to Kamala Harris, who just put out one of the most cringe inducing videos I have ever seen. I'll set the stage for you. It's Kamala Harris speaking to students about science. And the purpose of this is to show how caring she is and broad-minded and inspirational she is. And I'll tell you, I did not know that this degree of vapidity could exist, but here we are.
1: I just love the idea of exploring the unknown. And then there's other things that we just haven't figured out or discovered yet. To think about so much that's out there, that we still have to learn. Like, I love that. I love that. And so I'm very excited about the Space Council. We're gonna learn so much um, as we increasingly, I think, are curious and interested in the potential for the discoveries and the work we can do in space. So that's one of the things I'm most excited about. But the other, you guys are gonna see you're going to literally see the craters on the moon with your oh, own my eyes, oh, my with your own eyes. I'm telling you, it is going to be unbelievable.
0: Has there ever been a faker person <laughs> in <laughs> politics, America, the human race? Has there ever been someone who seems less genuine and authentic than Kamala Harris? Well, it gets even better because I'm looking at this scene and they're on this porch and they're all sitting and Kamala Harris is pretending to be inspiring and she's just spouting out at, at gibberish and uh, and the world is big and wow, you know. And uh, but then I find out these aren't even really just students. It's not like she's visiting some school or something. They're actors. They're child actors. There was a casting call. <laughs> they had to audition to be in this video. So everything about this is fake and and inauthentic. The reason I even bring it up is because uh, Joe Biden's not looking so healthy, not looking like he's got a ton of energy. There's a good chance that Kamala Harris is the nominee in, in 2024 and there's a, a good chance there's a good chance that she becomes president. even Joe Biden has said as much. And Kamala Harris is an old style of politician. Politicians used to do similar things to this. They would, even Reagan, to some degree, they they would speak in a way that seemed scripted. They would they would speak in a way that was just very bland and and very uh, un- uncontroversial. You know, Trump completely upended that. But but this is the old style of politician, and I just wonder in a post-Trump world if that's if that's sustainable. You know, it just seems like Kamala Harris is a is a woman out of time. She doesn't She doesn't seem to know what time it is. Even sleepy Joe Biden gets fired up and yells at Trump and calls him a racist. And he's kind of weird at least. But Kamala Harris is just so stiff and scripted and fake. I, I don't know that that translates into the post-Trump era, internet era, new media kind of politics that we live in. Now, speaking of big shows, tonight, we've got A really big, a really big show, to quote Ed Sullivan, a really big backstage show. Instead of the usual Daily Wire studio, we're going to be live streaming our conversation on stage at the famous Ryman Auditorium right here in Nashville. This is going to be an event and a live stream unlike any other that we've ever done, and we're thrilled to be able to share it with you. We're going to be making some extremely exciting announcements, which you're not going to want to miss, so be sure to tune in. Join me, Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens, Jeremy Boring, Matt Walsh, Andrew Clavin, and our live audience for a backstage like never before. The live stream will begin at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central. Head on over to dailywire.com or the Daily Wire YouTube channel to catch the show. We'll be right back with a lot more. We've got an update from the cancel culture. This one I did not see coming. Sir Lawrence Olivier. One of the most celebrated actors from the 20th century died many decades ago. Sir Lawrence Olivier has been canceled. Um, and actually, not only has he been canceled, but a professor who played his performance of Othello, a wonderful movie, in his class has also been canceled. Bright Sheng, who's the Leonard Bernstein Distinguished University Professor of Composition at the University of Michigan School of Music, Theater, and Dance, played the 1965 movie, Othello, featuring the great Laurence Olivier. But if you know anything about Othello, you'll know that Lawrence Olivier is darkened his skin. He's wearing blackface in the movie. He's not doing blackface like he's performing a minstrel show. He's performing Othello, for goodness sakes. And this, this really, really bothered some freshman chick. So you have Laurence Olivier, one of the greatest actors of all time. You have Othello, one of the greatest plays of all time. And you have this professor, Bright Sheng, who's apparently a very, very distinguished professor at this prestigious school of music. Then you have this know-nothing freshman girl. And this know-nothing freshman girl named Olivia Cook says, quote, I was stunned in such a school that preaches diversity and making sure that they understand the history of POC, that's people of color. In America, I was shocked that the professor would show something like this in something that's supposed to be a safe space. So this girl who knows nothing, this is a very uneducated and apparently very unintelligent person, uh, is horrified to watch a very good movie with a very good actor written by probably the greatest playwright in the English language. She hates the fact that she might have to learn something and expand her mind and become educated. So she complains about this. And she says, <laughs> it's, Shakespeare's racist. Shakespeare Olivier's racist, everybody. This, it's, if you're racist, everything's racist and racism is the worst thing in the world. So you got to cancel it. So you would hope that at a serious educa- educational institution, the administrators would say, hey, lady, shut up and sit in class and learn. That's what you're here for, learn. But we don't have serious educational institutions anymore. So the dean of the school sends out an email, not defending Shakespeare, not defending Lawrence Olivier, not defending the professor as he should, but saying, quote, Professor Sheng's actions do not align with our school's commitment to anti-racist action, diversity, equity, and inclusion. All hail diversity, inclusion, and equity. The die ideology. All hail it. He didn't say that. I added that. I was inferring that. I was reading between the lines. Uh, He says that Sheng has been reported to the Office of Equity, Civil Rights, and Title IX over the incident. How dare he expose the students to Shakespeare. These people are barbarians. They're barbarians. The dean of this school is a barbarian. He's a deeply uncultured, uneducated person. This girl, this freshman girl is obviously a barbarian. She is uneducated. She is uncultured. But you know, she gets a little more leeway. The reason she's at school right now is ostensibly to stop being a barbarian. Kids are barbarians. Okay. Kids are uncultured. Kids are uneducated by definition. That's why we educate them to bring them into culture and civilization. That's what she's there for. And so I don't even really blame her. What is She she doesn't know anything. Her professors, I guess this professor was trying to educate her and give her exposure to some culture, but she's being failed by the deans and the administrators and the universities who double down on her ignorance and who punish people who attempt to educate her. This is what is happening. This is what my friend Spencer Clavin has an excellent podcast. It's called Young Heretics, where he just goes, he's an Oxford classicist, and he goes over the, the great works in history. And it's not particularly political. He just says, here's the liberal education that you were denied. Okay. And that increasingly is happening, even at top schools. People are not being given a proper education. And as that happens, our society is going to get coarser and dumber and less cultured and more barbaric. And we're all going to be screaming and grunting and clubbing each other over the head. That, that is the normal state of savage societies. It's not the state of civilization, but increasingly we're seeing civilization crumble around us. And they very often they use race as the cudgel here, because race has always been a bit of a fault line in American history. Uh, but they would, they would use whatever they can. They'd use sex if they can. They would use class if they can. They would use socioeconomic status. They would use whatever they can because the goal here is, is not to effect some great sexual uh, end or racial end or, or whatever. It's really just to destroy the civilization. Speaking of racial politics, here's breaking news. This is, break, this is headline news. Federal prosecutors announced they will not file charges against a white police officer who shot Jacob Blake in Wisconsin in 2020. You'll remember Jacob Blake, who is a black guy. It's very important, apparently, that he's a black guy. He was shot because he had the cops called on him. He was apparently, allegedly, uh, sexually assaulting this woman and then going out and taking her kid and driving the kid away in a car. And he also had a weapon in his car. And so the cops, after doing everything they could to stop this guy, peaceably, they finally shot him and the shocking headline that's surprised everybody is that they're not going to punish the cop why is this news why is this should be obvious this is not a man bites dog story the only troubling news is that this is news the only troubling news is that people expected that the cop would be charged jacob blake survived the shooting he's i think he's paralyzed or something jacob blake got off easy jacob blake did not deserve to walk out of that situation alive, resisting arrest, allegedly assaulting a woman, getting into a car with weapons, with a child in there that he's going to drive away. That guy got off real lucky, okay? And this cop who shot him should be given an award. This cop should be honored. He should have a ticker tape parade. But because our culture is so stupid and upside down at this point, he is suspected of and being accused of committing murder. And the the fact that he wasn't charged is what's so shocking. It goes without saying, I almost don't want to say it, that if the racial uh, roles were reversed, this wouldn't even be a news story. But because we now live in this culture that is obsessed with race and this idea that white people bad and black people good, and all black people are good and all white people are bad, and whiteness is the cause of all evil in the world. And that's why we have to abolish it. And this is actually being taught in schools and in boardrooms and in the government. We are now shocked that this violent criminal, after being shot by a cop after resisting arrest, is not going to see his cop charged with murder. Speaking of identity politics, big, big identity politics story. This is a story that The Daily Wire broke. I think we were the first ones to this story, just came out last night, and it's going to be completely suppressed by the media. It's already being suppressed by the media, so pay attention. Loudoun County, which has had a lot of problems in its schools, a lot of people protesting in Loudoun County because the schools are covering up the radical uh, racial politics that are being taught, the radical gender sexual politics that are being taught. Well, it goes further than just the curriculum. On June 22nd, Scott Smith was arrested at Loudoun County at a school board meeting. Uh, and the meeting was ultimately deemed an unlawful assembly because Scott Smith, who was a father in the district, was speaking out against a policy that lets boys go into the women's bathroom. And he said, "And th- that's all you saw. That's all people saw of the stories. This guy, this crazy right-wing dad gets arrested at the school board meeting because he is... M- anti-trans. He's a transphobe and this is mean and awful and bigoted. Well, what's the story? The father was the father of this young girl, this 15-year-old girl who was raped in a bathroom at the school by a boy, a boy who considers himself gender fluid, who sometimes wears a dress, who went into the school and allegedly raped the girl. There is a lot of evidence for this. The Daily Wire investigative team did a very good job parsing out this story. According to the father, on May 28th, a boy wearing a skirt entered the girls' bathroom at Stone Bridge High School and sexually assaulted Smith's ninth-grade daughter. And I don't want to go into the details too much on this show, but I know that the term sexual assault is very broad these days. Some people say sexual assault even refers to if you just kiss somebody or something like that. What this boy, who sometimes pretends to be a girl, is accused of doing to this ninth grade girl is as bad as it gets, as vile, as perverted, as sick, as violent as it gets, okay? and it's being covered up, and the school has denied it, and then the evidence came out that it actually happened, and they're still trying to deny it. They're trying to portray the father as the bad guy here. Because, why? Because they can't admit that their policy is wrong, evil, false, and puts the students in danger. And why? Because the experts have told us that this can't happen. If you let boys and grown men, I guess even, go into the girls' bathroom, nothing bad will happen look, these boys, they're just, they actually, they're girls secretly sometimes. They're not even girls all the time. They're just, if they're fluid, they're just girls sometimes when they feel like it. And it's very wrong and closed-minded of you to keep boys out of the girls' room. Why, of course the girls' room is for boys. That's why it's called the girls' room if the girls, if the boys say that they're girls, right? That's what the experts say. They say this can't happen. The experts, furthermore, say that this dad is a domestic terrorist. If you go in to a school board and you question the racial and gender radicalism going on at the school boards. Well, ac- according to our attorney general, that makes you a domestic terrorist. And yet, what does the investigation show? This dad is the most sane person in the room. You are the most sane person in the room. You, pr- assuming that you, listening to this story right now, are the sort of person who thinks that actually boys should not go into the girls' bathroom, that actually boys cannot just become girls, and there's something a little wrong about that you are far from a domestic terrorist. You are the last sane person, one of the last sane people in this culture. And the experts are wrong. And the prevailing ideology is wrong. And common sense and prudence are right. And the ruling class wants to shut that up and censor that and deny that and punish people who think that as best they can. The, the greatest image, to my mind, of the corruption of our regime and our understanding of standards today comes from Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes is the movie review website. So Rotten Tomatoes posted this movie that's about Dr. Fauci. It's a hagiography of Dr. Fauci. It talks about how wonderful he is. It's on, I think, uh, what, National Geographic. So the movie comes out, and for a long time, you can only see the reviewers, the professional critics' reviews. There's one score for the professional critics and then one score from the audience. But the audience score was grayed out. You couldn't see any of those. And the the critics gave it a 91%. So just finally yesterday, after a lot of pushback, Rotten Tomatoes puts up the audience score. Do you know what the audience score was? 4%. 91% 91% say the professional critics, the real elite, smart, genius, expert critics. 4% says the audience. That's the regime. That is the re- the regime. The Dr. Fauci hagiography, hey, our new ruler, the most exalted, highest paid politician in the country. The experts say he's the greatest and the hagiography hey, of him is wonderful, 91%. But the people disagree. That's that's the You know that sometimes you'll see a photo, World War II, 1940, colorized, you know, that uh, 1865, colorized, Civil War photo. Th- this is the picture of the American regime, 2021, colorized. I've got some good news from our most exalted politician, the esteemed Dr. Fauci, peace be upon him. You remember Dr. Fauci canceled Christmas uh, he, he was asked, well, la- he canceled Christmas last year. Then he was asked if he was going to cancel Christmas this year. And this was just a week or two ago. And Fauci said, well, it's too soon to tell. And then people pushed back against him and he said, oh, look, I never said you couldn't have Christmas. I mean, you did. You said it was too soon to tell. So you said there was a good chance that we might not have Christmas. Then he said, no, maybe you, I'll, I'll have Christmas. It's fine. So there, there is one holiday that Fauci likes. He says, you know, putting Christmas and Thanksgiving aside for now at the very least, you can celebrate Halloween.
2: I think that particularly if you're vaccinated, but you can get out there, you're outdoors for the most part, at least when my children were out there doing trick-or-treating and enjoy it. I mean, this is a time that children love. It's it's a very important part of the year for children. I know my children enjoyed it. So I mean, again, particularly if you're vaccinated, if you're not vaccinated, again, think about it, that you'll add an extra degree of protection to yourself, and your children, and your family, and your community. So it's a good time to reflect on why it's important to get vaccinated, but go out there and enjoy Halloween as well as the other holidays that will be coming
0: up. So on the one hand, I'm glad that Fauci is letting people have Halloween. That's nice. And especially little kids. Little kids love Halloween so much. But there is something funny to me that over the past more, more than a year now, and even in recent weeks, Dr. Fauci said well maybe you can't have Christmas you know the celebration of the nativity of our lord and savior Christmas yeah maybe maybe not yeah and Thanksgiving I don't know about Thanksgiving you know when we give thanks also to the lord our god for giving us this beautiful country of ours yeah maybe not I don't know maybe yes maybe no oh but the one where you all dress up like demons and go and play tricks on people yeah do that one that one's good we love that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay the nativity of our lord no thanksgiving mm, no i don't think so but the one where we talk about like devils and witches and <laughs> like throw eggs at each other that one's totally fine that doesn't spread coronavirus but thanksgiving and midnight mass that does that does spread coronavirus right i'm being a, slightly unfair to dr fauci here but not very unfair. I think I'm, I actually, generally speaking, I think I'm being pretty, pretty fair. Though I actually, I don't want to be misunderstood. I I do like Halloween. There's something very traditional and cool and medieval about going out and playing tricks on each other and going door to door asking for sweets and stuff and, and dressing up. So I I think it's it's great. I'm glad. I just I'll take the win. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Fauci. Your your eminence. Your beneficence. Thank you so much for allowing us to have our holiday, well, at least one of our holidays, but don't get too excited because Fauci says that, yeah, maybe you can go get some candy on Halloween, but you might not be able to get on an airplane pretty soon if you don't take the Fauci Ouchie, if you don't take the experimental drug to protect against the virus that poses a very, very low risk of hospitalization or death for the vast majority of people. uh, Because while we might not have a vaccine mandate on the planes immediately, it, it might happen.
1: Would you like a vaccine mandate for air travel in effect for the holidays?
2: Well, it depends on what you mean. If you're talking, you know, we, we do now have a situation uh, when people coming in from outside of the country who are not United States citizens, they really must require that they get vaccinated as well as getting tested before. What the president has done regarding masks, I think is important, namely doubling the fine on people who refuse to wear masks on 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 airplanes on the table is the issue of mandates for vaccine. It's always discussable. We always wind up discussing it. Do you support it? But right now, I don't see that immediately. You know, Dana, I don't want to say support or not. I think it's a decision that's made by input from a number of parts of the government, including public health. I mean, obviously, from a public health standpoint, the more protection you get, the better it is. But I don't want to be weighing in because we wind up than having people taking things out of context. We have everything okay. on the table, and it will be discussed by the medical group.
0: uh uh-huh, so you support it, is what you're saying. Because G- what does he mean? He goes, I don't want to give you an answer to your direct question, because then people might take it out of context. Well, then give me the context. What do you mean take it out of context? Do you support a, a vaccine mandate on an airplane? Well, if I say yes, then people won't like me as much. Yeah. Oh, that's the context. Okay. The context is that you don't want to state your honest opinion because you know that you don't have the political capital to enforce it yet, but you might in the future. That's what this is really about, right? Fauci has done this many, many times. He obviously supports it. And he admits, he goes, from a public health standpoint, I want to muzzle up all you filthy animals, right? (laughs) But but I don't think, I'm not going to say it yet, but soon enough, we're going to do it. That's what's going on here. And it's just an important reminder that, well, the libs prattle on about the science and the squishes think that the science matters, so they try to defend their views and oppose the left's views with the science. Actually, it's not about the science at all. It's about politics and it's about political power. And right now at least, Fauci thinks he doesn't have the political power to to do this, but he very well he very well might in the future, especially if we keep giving in, which is why it's important to resist these things. And you are seeing some good news. Speaking of airlines, you're seeing this happen on Southwest Airlines right now. Southwest Airlines is mandating vaccines for its staff. Southwest Airlines is canceling lots and lots of its flights. It canceled a thousand flights on Sunday. It canceled hundreds and hundreds, if not a thousand or more flights yesterday. I didn't get the final number. It's canceling. Why is that? Well, they were blaming it on weather. It was a pretty sunshiny day on Sunday. Yesterday was pretty nice too. It wasn't because of the weather. What's really going on here is that the, the employees at Southwest are having a sick out. They're not showing up for work because they're not going to comply. By the way, this mandate is not even from the government. OSHA, the, the agency that Biden tasked with enforcing the mandate, hasn't even put out its rules really yet. What, what this did was this, the announcement from Biden gave cover to big corporations to mandate the vaccine for the, for the employees but it's not actually coming straight from the government. It's just now a policy from the airlines and they can pretend that it was the government who made them do it. So what the pilots and the staff members are saying is, okay, you want to make me do it? Fine. Go get another pilot. Go get another staff member. Go get another stewardess. Go get another check-in person. And I love it. And by the way, I've got to take a lot of flights in the next few days and I might have to miss some of my flights and I hope I don't have to miss some of the speaking events that I'm going to, but I love standing up because what what Fauci knows, what the liberal ruling class knows is, this is a, a brute force battle of political wills. I mean, all, all the way down to when you question an election, it's evil and a threat to our democracy. But when we question an election, as we have for 20 years, it's totally great and fine and actually a defense of our democracy, right? They just they know that it's about wielding power here. And so they're going to they're creep up and creep up gradually to wield power until they get more and more and more of it. And what the Southwest employees are saying is, no, we're not going to do that. Totally stand with them. This is a really, really great move. If you don't stand up now, when are you going to do it? I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. I will see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also,